that all things are created. Lord, we want to be pleasing creations to you this morning. Lord, we want to give ourselves to you as a pleasing and holy act of worship. Father, we want to have eyes that truly see the sovereign God, the Father that understands, the Father that loves us through all things this morning. Lord, we want to lift your name up high, exalted above all other names. Lord, we lift you up and we we ask for you to take your rightful place on the on the throne of our hearts this morning. That the praises of your people would be pleasing to you. As we were singing this song, I, I, was, I was looking at the, the theme for the year, and this is just my sense to all you who are at places of where that, that's not where, what you can do right now. Your arms aren't lifted high. Some of us physically can't do it. And uh, there's a tree out in the back in the parking lot. It's still got all the old dead leaves on it. It's an oak tree. And there's about three feet of snow piled around it, and you look at that and you say, how, how is it ever going to get to the painting where there's growth and there's life and and my life is just covered with things, and there's the deadness of it. If that's the place or the heart of your condition, listen up and listen good. Behind those dead leaves are new buds waiting to burst forth. Behind that soil, there's, there, behind all that snow is soil that's just waiting to saturate in the sunshine of spring. There may be deadness in your life and areas, but because Jesus is still on the throne and our God is there, and he's higher than your circumstance, this is a year of growth. This is a year of maturity. Get your eyes back on the King of Kings, back on the Lord of Lords. One day you will be lifting up. So here's my exhortation to you. I want us to sing just the chorus again of that song and put yourself in a posture and say, Lord, I'm going to walk out in faith in this one. And the truth and the reality that you're still in control and that you're still Lord and that you're still sovereign. And I choose to stand in the condition of my soul and inside my arms are lifted up to heaven and saying, Lord, I surrender. I surrender my condition. I surrender my problems. I surrender my bills. I surrender my circumstances because the truth and the reality is you will complete that which you started in my life. So, Father, as we press in right now, I'm asking for a revelation to go deep inside of our, each of our hearts and our circumstances that you are Lord, that you're good, and that you're in control, and that your name will be lifted over our circumstances, and you will work everything together for our good. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
the truth of the words that we're singing that God is our everything and whether or not you are proclaiming that and saying I really give you everything God or if you don't believe that or you're not in that place the truth is the same he is your everything whether you are willing to acknowledge it or not he is everything he is the God that um, he knows all things he is wiser and better than any alternative and it is for him it is through him it is from him that we are created and that same father God wants to teach us a, a contentment in whatever place that we're in that in all things we would acknowledge him that in all things we would acknowledge the power of the name of Jesus that in all things we would acknowledge that he is sovereign God that no matter if you're looking around and you see good things or you see death or um, something in between it is from him and through him and to him that all things that you and I are created we're going to declare the power of the name of Jesus and if you need to get in a different posture in order to, to have some time with God to, to wrestle with that uh, I just invite you to do that Jesus is real. It's real. Grab somebody if you need them to pray with you. Merci Seigneur. Merci Seigneur. Seigneur, dans le moment ça, nous venons devant pour nous capables de venir nous merci. Nous te merci Seigneur pour tout ce que fait pour nous dans la vie, nous chaque jour Seigneur pour ce qu'on continue à faire pour nous, papa, chérie. Merci Seigneur du fait que Saint Esprit toujours là dans la vie nous Seigneur. Ou pas jamais laisser nous tout seul Seigneur. Merci Seigneur du fait que c'est ou même qui protection nous, c'est ou même qui secoue nous, c'est ou même qui tout nous même Seigneur. Sans ou même chez papa nous pas capable fonctionner Seigneur. Matin nous venir devant au Seigneur pour nous capable venir nous merci Seigneur. Nous contents pour nous capable venir la matin Seigneur. Pour nous capable venir louer pour nous capable venir par gloire Seigneur. Côté nous chaque qui venir la matin en Seigneur. Nous chaque nous qui ont besoin devant au Seigneur. Mais ma mère d'autant prie dans le moment ça, Seigneur. Pour te voir nous, pour te rêver nous. Dans les prières nous dans le moment ça, Seigneur. Parce que je connais papa. Ou bien réponse, Seigneur. Pour chaque qualité de problème qui vient devant au matin, Seigneur. Si il y a un monde qui vient la matin, Seigneur. Avec une maladie, Seigneur. Ma mère d'autant prie, Seigneur. Touchez-vous. Touchez-vous. Touchez-vous, Seigneur. Pas quitter ou retourner comme ça, Seigneur, papa. Moi, tu mets aussi pour ça, Jésus. Si il y a un qui vient là, Seigneur. Qui a un problème, Seigneur. Qui a besoin de travail, Seigneur. Qui a difficulté Seigneur qui a un problème avec un autre Seigneur maman d'autant pris Seigneur dans maman ça Seigneur touchez cœur dans maman ça Seigneur pas qui te retourne la 
ça Jésus sans que vous pas répondre Seigneur papa moi tu merci pour ça Jésus nous lever chaque ça au Seigneur qui t'a ramené fini matin Seigneur pour venir ba gloire Seigneur qui pas capable finir Seigneur m'a demande autant prix Seigneur visitez au côté à Seigneur touchez au moment ça Seigneur communiquez avec l'esprit au moment ça Seigneur et ce que ça côté au va ba gloire Seigneur que vous va recevoir louange que vous va ba Seigneur papa moi tu merci pour ça Jésus dans moment ça Seigneur N'appelez chaque pays qui est en guerre, Seigneur. Chaque pays qui a un problème, Seigneur. Maman d'autant plus, Seigneur. Établis la paix, Seigneur. Ça qui est malade. Ça qui couche jusqu'à mon hôpital, Seigneur. Maman d'autant plus dans le moment ça, Seigneur. Visitez-vous dans le moment ça, Seigneur, papa. Et c'est comme ça, moi, tu mets aussi pour ça, Jésus. Moi, je chaque pays, Seigneur. Qui a persécution, Seigneur. Qui va capable annoncer l'évangile là, Seigneur. Maman d'autant plus, cher Seigneur. Établis la paix, Seigneur. Dans le pays, ça, papa. Nous, tu mets aussi pour ça, Jésus. Nous remettre le service à nos mains, Seigneur. Pour en contrôler le service à Seigneur. Permettre tout ça qui va faire, Seigneur. Pour le capable faire pour gloire, Seigneur. Et chaque monde qui l'a, Seigneur. Puis le capable de retourner la caille, béni, Seigneur. Moi, tu merci pour ça, Jésus. Merci, Seigneur. Merci, Seigneur. Tout gloire, c'est pour Seigneur. Tout gloire, c'est pour Seigneur. Alléluia. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Alléluia. Praise you. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you be may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all, without finding fault, and it will be given to you.
short testimony to share with you guys. Maybe to some of you it'll seem like a pretty small deal, I don't know, but um, to me it seems like a, an important deal. I'll start with, I'm a music teacher, many of you may know that, so when it comes around Christmas time, I, I work with a little over 40 students each week, and I see them, and uh, some of them think, you know, I, I'm going to bring a little Christmas present to my teacher, and so what do a lot of them think to bring, you know, you get chocolate, and just imagine if like one out of every eight of those students decided to bring their teacher chocolate, if that's 40 students, that, that's a considerable amount of chocolate. And then I go over to my uh, in-laws for Christmas in Texas, and they have stockings time in the morning, you know, and you, you open your stockings, and it's a rather sizable stocking, and it's pretty much filled with chocolate, okay? And so I have this stash. It's about a gallon, you know, Ziploc bag of little pieces of chocolate, okay? And it's in my teaching studio, and and I'm, you know, I'm finding that, like, every day it's, oh, I should have a piece of chocolate. Well, maybe I should have another piece of chocolate. Maybe another piece. Of, may, maybe I should have four pieces of chocolate. Um, and, and, you know, <laughs> it's like every day. And, and you know, I, I mean, it might not seem like a lot, but, you know, the holidays kick in. You know, from the start of October till the start of January, I gained about 10 pounds, you know, okay, on chocolate and whatever else. And I'm finding that on top of that, it's like your mind starts to think, oh, you know, of course I need, you know, I worked hard today. I should have some, you know, I'm going to get tired otherwise. I need some chocolate. I, really? <laughs> so this week I thought, you know, God, this is not going in a good direction. What am I supposed to do about this, you know? And I started to think about it, and what have I learned from my past experience with God? Like, what have I learned? Oh, maybe I'll make a New Year's resolution. Really? You know, well, my past experience has shown me that's not terribly effective. That lasts a couple days, right? Um, so I thought, well, what, what is effective? And I thought, you know, even though it seems like it's just chocolate, I need to confess to God, you know, God, I'm having trouble with this. And you know what? Even though it's just chocolate, I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. I need you, Jesus. Jesus, would you help me? I need you. Because it's not about just recognizing that you've got an issue, although that's very important. It's also realizing, you know, no matter how smart I think I am or how willful I think I am, I actually can't do this. And then that's when God gets the glory. Because he stepped in this week and he said, okay, I'm going to help you with this. You know, I haven't had any chocolate this week. <laughs> I took my stash bag and, you know, at a music school, you just have to drop things in the lounge because when you have free things in the lounge, they get consumed very quickly, okay? Um, so that's what happened to the chocolate this week, and I'm glad to see that. And on top of that, I said, you know, last win winter I decided, you know, I'm just, I, it's too expensive to be at a gym. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go outside and work out, you know? And when it was negative 20 degrees here, it was like, yeah, I'm gonna, no, not really. <laughs> So I rejoined a gym this week, and so I was excited about that, you know, and, um, but, and then, like, how, after all this, and how, what, well, where's my heart at? So uh, after the gym, you know, I'm waiting for the bus to head home, and, and the, the gym's right across the street from the liquor store, and so I'm standing outside the liquor store last night, uh, waiting for the bus, and I'm noticing all the people on Saturday night heading in and out of the liquor store and taking rather large quantities of things home with them. 
And what do I think in my heart? I think, wow, God, at least, you know, at least I'm not trapped by alcohol. I thought, and then I get home and I'm thinking about it. And, really, Jeremy? That's all you've got to say to God? Really? I wasn't, didn't Jesus give like a pretty clear parable about that one, you know? The one guy comes up and says, oh God, thank you so much for making me a Pharisee. At least I'm not like this guy over here. But which prayer did God actually honor? Which one did he actually appreciate? No, it, it's, I mean, after all that, all I, <laughs> that's all I've got inside of me. God have mercy on me, you know, that's Lord, there's such a profound sense of your presence with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, you inhabit the places of your people. You're not only interested in visiting us, you're interested in dwelling with us. So we invite you in to our lives and into this time today. But not just this time today, but this week and beyond today, as we even go from this place later this day, we pray that you will continue to be Christ in us. Flood now this time with your presence for these moments that we share together in your word. You are the living eternal word. Come now and be the now word for this day. Lord, we agree with your word now. We say yes to you. Jesus' name. All God's people said? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, good morning. I would like to add my welcome and thank you, worship team, for leading us so beautifully into the presence of the Lord today. Uh, my name is Pastor Jim. I have the privilege of serving here as the lead pastor at Bethel Christian Fellowship. Uh, here in our St. Paul location, as well as the senior pastor of our Bethel family of churches, seven congregations uh, that are serving here in the Twin Cities together. Um, and I want to add my invitation to the one you've already received for lunch at my house today. It's going to be great food. Uh, actually, Tom and Kathy A. Strikes uh, Mosaic Group is uh, preparing, has prepared food for us. It's going to be tasty, nummy, wonderful uh, we are well uh, able to serve whoever comes, so please come uh, and bring your kids if you got kids. We love children. Um, we have we've had several of them ourselves, and uh, and I told you about my granddaughter, Fiona, and my coming grandchild to be. So yes, yes. Well, um, I am very excited to to share the word this morning with you and. I would like to invite you to please take your Bible out, if you would, and turn to the book of Colossians. Turn to the book of Colossians, and you can um, find that uh, in the Bible in front of you. Uh, it's going to come right after Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. It's towards, it's in the New Testament, the, the second one, or the, yeah, second half and beyond of the, so towards the end of the book, and um, 
where we're going to be spending our time again this morning. We began a study uh, out of the book of Colossians last Sunday, and you can go to the website or pick up a CD in the back to kind of catch up if you missed uh, last week. Um, And the study we are entitled Christ in You, and so much of what we've heard today already, I just love when when God um, so graciously, he just, he, the Bible says that he attends to his word so that it will, it will accomplish what he's sent it forth to do. And he's been attending to his word already this morning. He has already spoken to us over and over again, even the very things that uh, we're going to be sharing about uh, this morning. Last week, uh, the title of our message was A Worthy Life. And uh, the question I asked all of us was, how many of us would like to live a worthy life? And I, I think we had a unanimous uh, count. We'd love to live a worthy life. And the, and the picture we used last week was the picture of the, of the tree that you see in much of the artwork for this year's theme of growing maturity. And we, we talked about the soil and the, and the grace, being the grace and peace of God. And we talked about the roots going into that of faith and love and hope and the, and the trunk coming up from that, um, of the knowing the knowledge, uh, not just about God, but the knowledge of God, not just about uh, him from a distance, but actually relationship with him. And then we looked at the branches of a worthy life, a, a life that pleases God and bears fruit and grows in knowledge and patiently endures. And then the leaves that bud forth, and we heard about that already, you heard about trees this morning and the, and the leaves that come forth of joy and gratitude and light and freedom that are a part of a worthy life. This morning we, um, so that took us from, in, in chapter 1 from verses 1 through verse 14. And this morning we're going to be studying the text from chapter 1 verse 15 through 23. So again, if you have your Bible, and you can turn in your pew Bible to uh, page 833, 833, and uh, encourage you to find a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, find one behind you or nearby you. It will help you uh, to, uh, to come alongside with us. So if you don't have a Bible, you're sitting somewhere, particularly if you're sitting in front, the Bibles are located behind you or else in front of you, but have a Bible in front of you, if you would. Because this morning we're going to be looking at above all. And we're going to be answering this question. So we're talking about Christ in you. Well, it helps to know who is he. And that is the question, who is Jesus, that gets answered in Colossians 1, verses 15 to 23. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to walk through it verse by verse, step by step. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. 
Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Who is Jesus? Oh, we hear his name a lot. Sometimes spoken with reverent love and sometimes spoken as a curse. But we hear his name probably every day, one way or another. But do we really understand and have a grasp of who he is? Well, this marvelous hymn, particularly here in verses uh, 15 to 20, is, is an early hymn of the church. And in, in some translations, in some of your Bibles, it may even have it sort of in poetic form because it sort of brought, brings together some incredible truths, doctrinal truths, living truths of who Jesus is. And so we're going to take a moment to unpack that because this morning I want you to walk away with a fresh understanding and awareness and love for this Jesus. First of all, it tells us that he is the image, the icon in the Greek of God. He is the image of God. Now that is sort of a, you know, what what, what does that mean? That's sort of a, a, a sort of an intuitive thought. What does it mean that Jesus is the image of God? Well, the scriptures tell us some things about Jesus as the image of the invisible God. First of all, it tells us that he is the manifestation, or if you want to think of it this way, he is the exact representation of God. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. He is the exact manifestation of God. So if you want to know who God is, Jesus is the exact representation of who God is. Going further in this, Jesus said in John 14, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. That's a remarkable statement. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Secondly, It means, when it's talking about the image or the icon of God, he is the wisdom and word, the logos of God. He is the wisdom and word of God. The wisdom, particularly in the book of Proverbs, you find wisdom there used frequently and kind of personified. But but Jesus is the wisdom of God. It says in Proverbs 9.10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. When we understand, when we know the Holy One, when we uh, begin to actually, and we looked at that last week, epikinosis, it more than just, um, again, knowledge about, but it is truly the knowledge of it, is that intimacy with Him. We begin to understand who God is as we understand who Jesus is. He is the very wisdom and 
the Word of God. As it says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So whenever you're looking through the Scriptures and you see wisdom begin to come out, particularly personified, it's speaking there of Jesus, it's talking then, it's giving us a clue into, it's showing us He is the image of God, He's the wisdom, and He is the Word, the living Word of God. He is the full revelation or the living portrait of God. Remember the Greek word here, icon. We've, in, in the church down through the ages, has used icons. They've used portraits of individuals, of saints or whatever, to try to portray. And, and through those icons and through, uh, in, in some traditions, if you meditate upon an icon, you, you actually um, begin to understand or it's a way uh, it's just a, a, a means for some people to find a pathway to to connect more with the character or whatever of that person but we have Jesus who is that living portrait so if you want to understand who God is begin to gaze at the face of Jesus begin to gaze into the life of Jesus he is a living portrait of who God is. So if you want to understand God, he is the full revelation, that living portrait of God. John 1.18 says, um, the apostle John writes, no one has ever seen God but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father has made him known. You want to know God? Know Jesus. In fact, there really is no way to know God without knowing Jesus. But as we know him, as we begin to recognize that he is the manifestation, the exact representation of God, he is the wisdom and word of God, and he is the full revelation of the living portrait of God, we begin to know who God is. Go on. He's the creator of all things. Say all things. Say all things. This is incredible. I mean, it goes on here in Colossians 1, the second part of verse 15 to 17. It says, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or power or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Isn't that incredible? I mean, I don't know. That just, it's just like, just bathe in that for a while. I love that scripture. I go back to that scripture over and over and over again in my thoughts, in my heart, in my meditations. Down through the years, I have just returned to that in prayer, that scripture, so many times. He's the creator of all. Well, let's, let's unpack that just a little bit more. He's the firstborn over all creation. Now, sometimes people have misunderstood or misinterpreted that to, to understand then Jesus as being, having been created. So he's the, the first of creation. But that's a misreading, actually, of the Greek and, 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 the, and the understanding of what Paul is getting at here. Because as we flesh this out a little bit more, let me explain. First of all, 
it means that he is actually pre-existence before there was. And it, 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 Jesus says this himself in John eight fifty eight, and this is this is when they really began to get after Jesus because they understood the Jews understood what Jesus was saying. They didn't like it, and they went on to seek to destroy what Jesus, who Jesus was. I mean, you know, ultimately, of course, he went to the crucifixion because of these very declarations that Jesus made. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Now notice what he didn't say. He didn't say before Abraham Abraham was born, I was. He didn't say that. He said before Abraham was born, I am. And how did God reveal himself to Moses back at the burning bush in Exodus? When Moses said, when I'm supposed to take these people out of Egypt and and into the promised land, who, who do I tell them sent me? And how did God respond to Moses? What? I am? I am. I am that I am. So Jesus makes a clear declaration of who he is. He is the I am. And before there was anything, he is. Secondly, and this is made very clear in the Greek, Firstborn over all creation. He is preeminent. Preeminent. As it says in Revelation, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is preeminent over everything. He's from the beginning to the end. He is all things in between. He is over and above Everything is over all of creation. Now, embedded in the scripture we were just looking at are a variety. Go back to it for a moment. It says, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. There's, there's some simple words that are used there that don't translate particularly well into English. So let me unpack them for you, because actually in the Greek, it means all of these different things. And I'm not telling that to sound smart. I just want us to really unpack and understand this, okay? These are three things that are, we're told here about the creation of all. First of all, that all created all things were created in him. Okay? So the first preposition here is in. And this is very important because it means that he is at the center of all things. Everything in creation is centered around Jesus. So this is, you know, we're going to get to the other prepositions in a moment, but this is sort of the first preposition that we need to understand. Everything was created in him. So think of it as, in a sense, as if everything was created I don't even know how to stretch an analogy here to just to understand, but everything was created in the womb of Jesus. It's all, it's everything is in him. Okay? So he's at the very center of it all. Everything was also created through him, 
He is the catalyst of all things. In other words, he is the one by which everything was created. In the beginning, it says in Genesis 1, what? The word. He spoke and said, let there be light. And through the word of God, things were created. Well, through Jesus, who is the living word of God, all things were created through him or by him. In, in several, several of the translations, it uses by. I deliberately didn't use by because by is overused in the NIV translation here. So it's in and through, but it's also for him. He is the consummation of all things. He's the center of all things. He's the catalyst of all things. And he's the comp- consummation of all things. In other words, they were all created for him, for his greatness, for his glory. For his goodness. All right. I need a little bit of help here. So, uh, Noah, can you give me a hand for a moment? I can always pick on my own kids. All right. Uh, Farah, can you give me a hand for a moment? All right. That'd be good. And let's see. Who else would like to be a volunteer? Um, All right. Elizabeth, you'll be a volunteer. Okay. That's good. All right. Come on over here, uh, guys. All right. So, Elizabeth, come stand over here. So, so far this, you know, you're thinking, well, this is great, but it's kind of heady, okay? So let me give you a picture, an illustration of this creation of all things. Let's, I, I just want to give you just a small, tiny insight into what we're talking about. So imagine for a moment that we have a massive sheet of paper that is just absolutely endless, all right? Now, right over here where Elizabeth is, put up your finger. Elizabeth's got a pinprick. Elizabeth is the earth. All right? Now, that is the earth, which is 8,000 miles in diameter. Now, Noah, you're going to have to come over really close to Elizabeth, like really, really close, because you have to be five-eighths of an inch away from her. Okay, so actually you can just hold this five inches. So we got this very nice, here is, well, I'm sorry, wait a second. No, no, no. You're the moon. Put up your finger right next to hers. There you go. There's the moon. All right. Now we got to go 19 feet. Six, nine. 12, 15, 18, 19. You get to hold up the ball. All right. Farah is the sun. Okay? Now, oh, I need one more help. Oh, Ching, there you are. Bless your heart. Okay. <laughs> Marie, we're not sitting in front anymore. Okay, three, six, nine, ten. Okay, all right. Here's Mars, okay? So, we've got the Earth, the Moon, Sun, Mars. Now we gotta go 600 feet, okay? Who wants to go somewhere out on Summit Avenue, all right? (laughs) Now that would be where Neptune is. So, in our sheet of paper, How far would we have to go before we get 
to the very first star that you can see. Wisconsin. Good guess. Not the right one, but it's a good guess. It's always back to the Packers. Sorry, they're not in the playoffs anymore, Todd, okay? <laughs> Let it go, all right? Sarah can help you with emotional healing, okay? <laughs> so, all right, how far? Okay, getting closer, all right, yep. So, I don't have it to the east, but I have it to the west and to the south, 1,000 miles. So the first star, we'd have to either go to like Dallas, Texas, or Denver. All right? Is Denver in one of these games? Okay, well, there we go. All right. It's all about football, isn't it? Right, yeah, so. Okay, now, how many of you remember from science how fast does light travel? 186,000 miles per second. Now that's downhill all the way. All right, so, both ways, yes. So that's hard to comprehend. So imagine I'm standing here and a bullet hits me at the speed of light. That bullet will circle the earth and hit me seven times before I hit the ground if it takes a second. That's how fast the speed of light is. So at the speed of light, you could travel from Los Angeles to New York in a fraction of a second. We'd get from Elizabeth to Noah in 1 and 3 16th seconds. In eight minutes, traveling at 186,000 miles per second, we'd get to where Farah is. We blow past Ching and we get through our solar system in 11 hours, reach the nearest star on the piece of paper. So that's just Earth and its things, okay? Um, and the sun, I mean the sun and you know all of that, the solar system. But it wouldn't get to the first star. How long do you think it would take to get to the first star that's 1,000 miles away? What's that? You the man. Give that man something. Four point three years. When would it arrive at the North Star? 400 years. How long to get across the Milky Way? 100,000 years at the speed of light. And guess what? It is estimated that outer space contains over 100 million galaxies like the Milky Way each of those galaxies containing billions of stars. In fact, astronomers tell us that there are more. How many of you have ever been to a beach? How many of you would like to go to a beach right now? Yes, me too. All right. If you've been to a beach, think of all of the beaches all over this earth and all of the sand. There are more planets in the universe than there are grains of sand on the earth. Now let's bring this home. We have planted our flag here on the moon. 
five-eighths of an inch away from the speck of the earth. And we think that we hold the scepter of the universe. <laughs> Laughable, right? Thank you, everybody. All right, yeah. No, no. Here you go, man. You get a gift today. All right. Oh, catch it, catch it. Oh. All right. There we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live, and there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Let's get it into right, proper perspective this morning. In him we live and move and have our being. All things were created in him, through him, and for him, including our own lives. Which means two things. One, your life is not insignificant. You are, there is no junk. Jesus, God, Jesus doesn't create junk. He creates treasures. And you are a treasure. The other thing it means is that you, in spite of how we often feel, are not the center of the universe. You're not the center. You're not. He is the image of God. He is the creator of all things. He is the head of everything. Say everything. everything. Say everything. everything. As it says here in Colossians 1.18, he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. As Sarah shared earlier and as we shared last week, the very theme of the book of Colossians is around the supremacy of Christ. He is the head of everything. Well, what does that mean? Head has two connotations to it. Both relate to Jesus as it relates here in this passage. He is the source of life. As it says in Romans 8, 29 and 30, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. He is the source of our very life. He is the one, if Jesus is the exact representation of the image of God, his work in our lives is the source of that life flowing within us to help conform us more and more and more to the image of God. We look at his face and he looks at us and we are changed. We are transformed. It also means that he has supremacy of position. Oh, there's a lot of pretenders to the throne, but there's only one who sits on the throne. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We grow up into him. He is the head. 
of his body. He is the head of everything. And we grow up into him. He is the one who gives direction, who gives leadership, who shows us the way. He is the one who is the source of life, and he is the one who leads the way in us and through us and before us. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the creator of all things. He is the head of everything. And I love this. This is what, come on, Jesus, bring it home into our hearts today. He is the reconciler of all things. I love this. This this is another piece of this scripture that I pray all the time. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things. Say all things. Say all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. All things. He reconciles to himself. All things through the cross. Through the cross. This is where the cross is at this centerpiece, at center point. Its history is bisected by the cross of Jesus Christ. It is in the cross and through the cross that reconciliation takes place. As it says in Ephesians 2, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his purpose the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Aren't you grateful? It's the cross that reconciles us to God and to one another. He reconciles all things, but it is through the cross that that happens. And he reconciles for eternity. For eternity. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. I love this, Philippians 2. You love it too. This is another hymn, great hymn in the scriptures. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There will come a day when every knee in heaven and on earth, when everything in all of creation will bow and together will proclaim Jesus Christ is Lord. Now the Bible is clear that we must make that choice here and now, willingly. That's what's called free will. In the sovereignty and supremacy of Christ and God, in his gracious, loving kindness, he has given us free will to choose. Because otherwise, we would simply be robots and automats. But created in his image, we have the freedom to make decisions. We have the freedom to choose, to surrender, and bow our knee to Jesus now. And when we do, the Bible says that we begin what the Bible calls eternal life right here on earth, right here now. Eternal life is, comes through knowing Jesus, through surrendering your life to Jesus in the here and now. And in the here and now, when you surrender your life to Jesus, you will have the joy of life with him eternally. The other choice is to say no. That scepter on the moon, that's my scepter. I'm in control of my own life. 
I'm not going to surrender or submit to anyone. I will stand alone. And the reality is the Bible is very clear that when we make that choice, when we make the choice to put ourselves at the center of all things, at the center of the universe, that we experience death, spiritual death. We will all experience physical death, but when we make that choice, we will experience spiritual death forever, eternity in hell, separated from Christ and God. That is not his desire. His desire that all of us would choose. The reality is that one day, no matter where people are, and this is not universal salvation, this is universal acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord of all. One day every knee will bow. Willingly or unwillingly, they will bow. But there is still that separation. And that happens here and now. So the question becomes, who is Jesus? We've answered that question. He is the image of God. He is the creator of all things. He is the head of everything. He is the reconciler of all things. But now that's followed up by this question, which is, what is our response? What is your response this morning? What is my response this morning to this reality? Let's finish our scripture, verses 21 to 23. I believe Paul gives us the answer. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, have become a servant. This, this is the gospel. This morning we have shared and heard the gospel centered in Jesus, the image of God, the creator, the head, the reconciler. The invitation, the response to all of us is to continue in our faith. By continuing in our faith, there's an implicit that we've begun in our faith. So this morning for you, it might be to begin in faith by receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Perhaps you've never really understood before who Jesus is. Well, today you understand. Young and old, it's very clear. There is a choice before you. Choose today. Choose life. Surrender your life to Jesus. Acknowledge your sinfulness. Acknowledge your need of a Savior. Just like Jeremy's testimony, simple testimony, powerful though, about surrendering. There is a God, and I'm not him. And I need him, and I need salvation. Jesus, I need the gift of your grace. Your life, come to me. Become my Savior, become my Lord, as Sarah shared about her testimony, that radical conversion. If you've not had that, you can have that today by surrendering your life to Jesus and welcoming him in. And for all of us, then, It's to continue in your faith. Because, as Tom said earlier, quoting from the scripture, he who began a good work in you is faithful to bring it to completion. 
It's not just the beginning, it's the end. And he's the first and last and everything in between in your life and in mine. Worship team, come on up. So, today, perhaps you have been or once were alienated from God. But today, now, you come to receive. Today, you come to continue in your faith. We're going to respond in worship And then I'm going to give a benediction, and then you will be released to go. I'd ask you to please stay as we respond, because this is too important to disperse. So please stay as we respond. And I will give the benediction. And then those coming to my house, which I hope there will be many, many of you coming to my house for lunch. If you need directions, they're on the table, the welcome table, right in the lobby. It's very close to us, but the directions are right there. We'd be honored to have you as our guests today. So please come. It's a very relaxed, fun atmosphere. And, um, yeah. And if you're just really desperate for the football game, my son will lead you to where you can watch that. All right? There will be a special dispensation of grace for that today. I know. It's just for you, Tom. So, all right. Let's respond now to what we've just heard. And maybe today, this can be your declaration of your heart. And then, very seriously, if you want to step into relationship with Jesus, there's some people right down front who would love to pray with you. They're just ordinary people like you and me, but they'd love to pray with you to receive Jesus today. You just have some questions or would just like help with that. Maybe somebody around you, you came with somebody today, let them walk you into that. For the rest of us, could we just, just let your heart be captured here. This was kind of a heady message, but but I just want those truths to sink deep into us. This is part of those roots going down. This is the growing maturity. We need to know him. We need to know him. Do you know him? Do you really know him? Press on to know him more. He's above all. Come on. Let's stand together. Open your hands if you would. Ooh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Today, Lord, in this house, we declare who you are. Jesus, you are the image of the invisible God. Say it with me. You are the image of the invisible God. Say it with me, you are the creator of all things. You are the creator of all things. Say it with me, you are the head of everything. You are the head of everything. Say it with me, you are the reconciler of all things. You are the reconciler of all things. Jesus, we receive you in this house as King and Lord, as Savior, Deliverer, Friend. In our lives and in the life of this house, And I pray now that as we go, that you will truly be Christ in us. All of this that you are will be in us. Jesus, 
now with open hands. May you be filled with the immeasurable love of God the Father, with the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son, with the inexhaustible strength and power, comfort and hope of the Holy Spirit be with you and yours. As you go from this house to yours, sent to make disciples of all nations, go with a banner of his favor over your lives. And until we gather again, either in this house or in our eternal home, I pray that his love and mercy and his grace will chase you down every day of your life. Be blessed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen.